want to talk again to us from our series of sermons entitled Handling God's Dark Room. Handling God's Dark Room. Tony Campolo, in a book written around, I think, about 1984, the title of the book, I have it on my shelf, it's entitled, It's Friday, But Sunday is Coming. And in that book, he tells the story of a man who broke into a department store, but he did not break in to steal anything. He went into this department store and spent all night switching price tags. <laughs> Items that cost $500, he put a price tag on it for $50. Items that were $380, he put a price tag of $38. He spent all night switching price tags got up the next morning, went into the store, and went out with a king's ransom of items because it was three hours before the store manager realized that price tags had been switched. Satan has switched the price tags. He's made us believe what is up is down. What is right is wrong. What is black is white. What is good is evil. And we spend sometimes an entire lifetime never realizing that the devil has switched the price tags. This truth is underlined, emboldened, and italicized in the life of this man, Samson. A cursory reading of the text would make us think that Samson's problem was Delilah and that his sin was sexual immorality. Lest we rush to the wrong conclusions, the aforementioned Delilah and sex are not the sin but rather sin's offspring. Samson's sin, your sin, and my sin, and the sin which turned Lucifer, the bright sun of the morning, into Satan, the deceiver, is the sin of pride. Satan has so switched the price tags that we like Samson, expect advantage without adversity. We expect power without pain. We expect wisdom without weakness. According to the author Steve Brown, authenticity is possible only in the context of public shame, forced honesty, or Christian experience. God delights in making somebody's into nobody's 
so he can make the nobodies into the somebodies he had in mind in the first place. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, hear me this morning. The crown is yours. You can have it. But a cross comes with it. Samson was a man with great potential, but he never quite reached the level of life he was capable of living. His name, Samson, means distinguished and strong, but he was anything but what his name implied. Because of his rebellion and his sin, Samson found himself in God's dark room. And his life is telling and testimony. Listen to me. His life is telling and testimony of how strong people are sometimes coaxed into great imbecility. What begins with reluctance to the truth soon moves to resistance to the truth. And when you resist the truth long enough, if you're not careful, it soon becomes rebellion to the truth. Those strong as Samson brothers, those so strong as Samson Christian friends, look out for Delilah's scissors. Physical development, intellectual attainment, social position, financial accumulation can make one weak enough to fall asleep on Delilah's lap. And the sin is not sexual as much as an evil association. Sudden success much can lull you into the false sense of security believing that you hit a triple when you were just born on third base. Ah, oh, brothers and sisters, let's look this morning at Samson's life to take away some lessons of how to handle God's dark room. I want you to look with me at the road to the dark room. Look at the road Samson takes to end up in prison. When Samson's birth was announced, his parents were told that he was to be a Nazarite. A Nazarite, not one from Nazareth, but a Nazarite was devoted, consecrated to God with some rules attached. He was not to cut his hair. He was to refrain from wine or strong drink. And he was to avoid contact with all dead bodies. Like many prominent people who have fallen into public disgrace, Samson's parents spoiled and indulged him. Consequently, 
He never learned to delay gratification. Though he had potential as a judge of Israel, he failed because of a selfishness and a feeling of entitlement. Samson did not understand that his strength was not in the length of his hair. His strength was not in his body, but his strength was in his position. Chosen as a Nazarite by God. And you and I have strength this morning, not because of anything that we've done, but we are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. I wish I had a Bible reader. You are not who you are because of where you came from. You are who you are because God chose you. You didn't choose him. He chose you. The Spirit of God is the underlying force of Samson's character. And the Spirit of God alone secures for him his rank in the long line of mediators of divine truth and supernatural revelation. Samson's passion overcame his reason. And in spite of his physical strength, he was powerless against his flesh. Samson left the landscape of his life littered with the bodies of his enemies. But his life was also one disaster after another. His parents were left heartbroken. His family humiliated. His wife given to another man. The name of God and the testimony of Israel were damaged in the eyes of heathens because Samson, who was called by God to lead, fell because he could not control his urges. Like many of us, he walked away from God one bad choice at a time. It's the picture of a frog in a kettle. Here's how you kill a frog in a kettle. If the water is boiling hot and you put a frog in it, it'll immediately jump out. But if you put a cold kettle of water on the stove, put a frog in it, and turn up the heat gradually, the frog will stay in the pot and die because the heat is imperceptible. We walk away from God like frogs in the kettle. We surround ourselves with things that don't matter we pay attention to things that will not bring us any success. We surround ourselves with people who don't mean us any good. And before you know it, you walked away from God one step at a time. Brothers and sisters, get this this morning. We are born looking like our parents. And we die looking like our decisions. 
good or bad. Now, this, this, this man who was, who was born for destiny, born for greatness, born to give God glory, never wanted what God put on him. Samson was crazy about women. He married outside his tribe. And then if it was not bad enough that he married a Canaanite, he started messing with Canaanite prostitutes. Delilah was not the first of the prostitutes. He was with two other prostitutes before Delilah. And Delilah was the one who caused them to fall asleep because she kept nagging him, tell me your secrets. Tell me your secret. Where does your great strength come from? Because he killed a thousand men with the jawbone of an ass. He killed 30,000 men just to win a bet. He was the strongest man that ever lived, but Delilah kept asking, where does your strength come from? It obviously did not come from his physical appearance because if he had muscles like Hercules, she could have known where his strength came from. So he lied to her like men do. And she kept nagging him like women do. Somebody ought to help me preach it. If you love me, you would tell me what your secret is. You say, oh girl, just put some spider webs around me. And I'll be weak as any other man. She tried that and it didn't work. She said, if you really love me, you tell me what your strength is. He said, tie me with some ropes and, and, and that'll do it. I'll lose my strength. She tried that and it didn't work. She said, if you're going to get in this bed with me, forget all this talking sweet and all that. Because listen, she had already made a price with the Philistines. She had already bargained with the Philistines. She, 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 was, she was thinking about getting paid. She wanted to make this relationship matter Financially. See how quiet y'all getting right there? Uh, uh, uh. Baby mama drama ain't just started last week. The Bible is full of cheating women, cheating men, rape, murder. Lives, 
gossip. The scripture is full. And what I love most about the Old Testament is its rawness. Delilah said, if, if, if you're going you to get with me, I'm going to ask you one more time. What is your secret? Samson said, Lord, this girl going to drive me to drinking. He said, all right. If my head is shaved, my strength will be gone. She calls the Philistines and says, come now, because I know his secret. But before the Philistines come, she makes him fall asleep on her lap. Be careful. My grandmother would say it like this, everything that shine. Yeah, y'all was raised like I was raised. Be careful where you take a nap. Be careful how you let your guard down. Take heed. When you think you're standing, lest you fall. And when you see somebody in trouble, don't gloat over that. Because the Bible says, if a man be overtaken in a fault, I wish I had a Bible reader. Ye who are spiritual, restore him in the spirit of meekness, here it is, considering yourself, lest you be overtaken in the same fault. Because the only reason you or I are not in prison is because we ain't been caught. We've done some of the same stuff somebody else has done, but mercy, grace, the blood of Jesus covers us. What can wash away my sin? I wish I had a witness here. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking to you goody two-shoes people in here. I'm not talking to y'all here who got your clothes on but your wings are underneath your dress or underneath your jacket. I'm talking to some crooks like me in here this morning who sinned enough just yesterday that you ought to be dead and in your grave. And that's why we can sing with authority, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I can see. Through many dangers, toils and snares, I have already come. I need somebody here today 
who's got a shout left in you because God brought you through some stuff that you could have lost your mind. God opened the door that somebody had closed in your face. Somebody lied on you and tried to bring you down, but God made your enemy your footstool. Won't he do it? Here, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hurry. Here is the, is the scariest, most frightening verse, I think, in all of the scripture. Samson shook himself and got up like he had done before. But the Bible says he did not know that the Spirit of God had left him. I don't want to show up to work on Sunday and God has fired me. I don't want to stand up to pray or to teach or to preach and God takes his power from me. I wish I had a witness here. I need somebody here who knows that you stand up in the power of the living God. It's not because you've been so holy. It's not because you've been so righteous. It's because he looks beyond your fault. I've known, I've known in my life preachers whose gospel used to flash with fire. But the Spirit of God left them. And they became an empty echo. A proverb of a bygone era. I've known people who could sing until the hairs on the back of your neck would rise. But they thought they were the one in whose place they had been called to praise. And God stripped them of their power. Because God is not going to let you get glory that belonged to him. I don't care how good you think you look. I don't care how well you think you preach. I don't care how smart you think you are. God will get the last word. You don't have to take my word for that. Ask Nebuchadnezzar. He stood on the roof of his palace and he admired the great gardens of Babylon, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. He stood up on his palace roof and said, oh, Babylon the great, how wonderful, how great have I made you, O Babylon. And the Bible says in the same hour, he grew feathers like a bird. He grew claws like an eagle. 
He ate grass like cattle. And it was not until he raised his head and realized who God was that his reasoning returned. If you think you're more than you really are, you're a fool. You have lost your mind. If you think you're in here this morning because you're such a good Christian, if you think you're in here this morning because you're so righteous and holy, you are crazier than you look. The only one worthy of praise this morning is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the fountain from which all else flows. He's the root out of which all else grows. I wish I had one or two witnesses here. I, I'm trying to close this little sermon, but he's a rock in a weary land. A shelter in a time of storm. I don't know anybody in here like that. He's the root of David. He's the stump of Jesse. I don't know anybody in here like that. He's the ancient of days. He's the day spring of Israel. He's the bright and the morning star. I don't know anybody around here like that. He's God's only son. There's nobody like him. Samson got up to fight. The Spirit of God had left him. They bind him and bring him into prison. And the road to the dark room leads to the realities in the dark room. The road to the dark room leads to the realities in the dark room. He forfeited his fellowship. He fell from his position, from his power, and from his purpose. And his fall was public. There are some falls you can't recover from. Because God has to publicly shame you so that he can again publicly own you. Because it is not until God empties you of you that he can fill you with him. And then you can sing, I am thine, O Lord. I've heard your voice and it told your love to me. And I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. Consecrate me now to your service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope and my will be lost in thy. He forfeited his fellowship. He forfeited his faculties. Not only did he lose his physical sight, but worse, he lost his spiritual sight. 
Because it is possible, brothers and sisters, to have your eyes and can't see. It is possible to lose your vision before you lose your sight. I wish I had somebody to help me preach. God has destiny written all over your life. God wants to use you. God wants to bless you. God has a consecrated space for you. But you walk out on it because you want to be like everybody else. You want everybody to like you. You want them to like your posts on Facebook. Talk back to me if you can. You want to you want to you want to go viral on Facebook. You want to do something spectacular and grand and great, something nobody else has ever done so that you can get acclaim and public attention. And God will let you get it. Only for you to discover that what you are running after is not going to last. Because soon people move on. You remember when James Brown was the man? I feel good like I knew that I would so good so good I got you hit me one time mm. Baby, baby, baby. <laughs> but then MC Hammer came along. And then Michael Jackson came along. And then Jay Z came along. The people's stars fade. Somebody else comes to take their place because people are fickle. They like you on your Facebook page for a minute. And it fades away because their attention span is not long. But when you know who you are and who you belong to and what your purpose is, and what your destiny is, you can just run your race, put some blinders on, you don't pay attention to who's on the right or who's on the left, you just live your life. If they like you good, if they don't like you to hell with them. I got Jesus and I don't need nobody else. 
He walks with me. I'm through. The realities of the prison is he, he forfeited his fellowship. He forfeited his faculties. And then he forfeited his freedom. He's blind, bound, and grinding. He, he's, 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 he's blind. His eyes have been gouged out. He's, he's, he's in chains, bound. And the ladies' man is doing ladies' work. Look at the irony of that. The women who swooned when he passed by, he's now doing work that ladies have to do. Grinding corn that doesn't even belong to him. The strongest man who ever lived can be bound now by chains. Your strength, my strength, is not in our academic excellence. It's not in our rhetorical prowess. It's not in our theocentric piety. My strength, your strength, comes from God. Not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You don't want to sing? God will take some woman dancing on a pole and put her in this church Sunday morning. And she'll sing rings around you. You don't want to teach your class? Stay home. God will sober up some alcoholic and put him in your Sunday school class Sunday morning and he'll teach circles around you. Because the power doesn't come from you. God can use whoever he wants to use. I'm through. But Samson comes to the end of his life in a dark room. Oh, brothers and sisters, listen to me. There's, there's a road that led him to the dark room. There's a harsh reality he has to face in the dark room. But if you stay there long enough, there's restoration in the dark room. I'm through preaching. The choir took all my time. I'm through. The only door that leads out of the dark room is the door of repentance. Here it is. Samson called on the Lord. Yes. I want you to see this restoration, and I'm through. God knows I wish I had more time to stay right there, but I want you to see this restoration. While he's blinded, while he's binded, 
he's grinding, his hair is growing. Because remember, his strength was in his hair. And the enemy wasn't paying attention. Because if the enemy had been paying attention, they never would have let his hair come back. But while his enemy had him blinded and binded and grinding, God was letting his hair come out. And while your enemy is at work lying on you, God is letting your hair grow back. While that Negro who walked out on you talking about you ain't going to be nothing without me, God is letting your hair grow back. Them people who thought that by now you'd be dead or in the penitentiary, God is letting your hair, and you know how your hair keeps growing? Keep coming to church. Keep praising God. Keep telling God thank you for another day. Keep thanking God for letting you see a brand new sunrise. Keep on waving your hands in the sanctuary and God will let your hair grow back. Here it is. Samson. Samson said, Lord, I know I've been a disappointment. Lord, I know I have not done what I was born to do. Lord, I know that I have not lived up to my full potential. They got me blind. They've taken my eyes out. I'm a public embarrassment. I brought dishonor to your name. I'm ashamed even to call myself your child. Heathens are laughing at me, and in turn, they're laughing at you. Because I was supposed to honor you. I was supposed to make your name great in Israel. And I have been a public embarrassment. I have brought shame and dishonor to Israel, my nation, and to God, my Father. But listen to his prayer. He said to the servant who was leading him by the hand because he's blind, he said, bring me to the pillars that's holding up this building. Bring me to the middle of this palace and just let me stand there because they are making sport of me. That's what the King James says. They want me to entertain them. So bring me to the middle of the building that I might be made sport of by my enemies. And the man leads him to the center of the building and they begin to ridicule him. They begin to mock him. They begin to laugh at him. But Samson's hair is growing. You gonna help me close this, won't you? While they are laughing at him, his hair is coming back. While they are mocking him, God is letting his hair come back. 
while they are making fun of him. God is letting his long locks flow again. And I want you to hear Samson's prayer and I'm going to be through. He says, Lord, I know I've shamed you. Lord, I know I have not lived up to my full potential. But Lord, I want to ask you one more time. Give me my strength back. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Give me back what the devil stole from me. And I will bring honor and glory to your name. He tells the man, bring me in the middle and put me between the pillars that's holding up this building. And the Bible says when he prayed, God gave him his strength back and he pushed with all his might and the walls came tumbling down and he killed more people in death than he ever killed in his life. There's another champion I want you to look at this morning. He came to a hill called Calvary. They mocked him. They ridiculed him. They criticized him. They talked bad about him. They gambled for his garments. They put him in the middle of two thieves, one on the right hand and one on the left hand. He didn't pray the prayer Samson prayed. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You're going to help me close this, won't you? And then the Bible says they hung him on the cross. He died. He didn't kill more in death than he did in life. He saved more in death than he did in life. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Sinners plunge beneath that flood. Lose all that guilty stain. Is there anybody here been saved by his blood? Is there anybody here know you've been washed? Is there anybody here know your name is written in the Lamb's book of life? If you're saved and you're not ashamed to testify, if he kept you and you don't care who's looking at you, why don't you tell somebody, he saved me, he saved me, he saved me, he saved me, he washed me, he redeemed me by the blood of the Lamb. He's washed me white as snow. Thank you for your blood. Thank you that he died. But brighter, you gonna help me preach this, won't you? Sunday morning, he got up with all power. I know he's all right.